On today's episode, I'm joined by J.D. Young from Lockdown Sharks to discuss the Blackhawks and Sharks sitting at the bottom of the NHL standings. We also get into what getting Macklin Celebrini, the projected number one overall selection, would mean for each of these franchises and how we both got to this point. All that and plenty more right here on Lockdown Blackhawks. Your Lockdown Blackhawks, your daily podcast on the Chicago Blackhawks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And now we do bring in host of the Locked On Blackhawks, Jack Bushman. Jack, how's it going, buddy? You know, JD, uh, it is rather nice to have someone who I can, I feel like I can relate to right here, right now. A kinship. (laughs) Exactly. I'm not going to say I'm doing good because that, that wouldn't be accurately describing my feelings, but I'm doing better now that I'm here on a show with you. And I feel like I can just bounce my frustrations off someone who truly understands a little bit. So I'm doing pretty good. Thanks for having me on JD. How are you doing this afternoon? Uh, Doing well. So we wanted to kind of talk about uh, as the, Two worst teams in the NHL, and it is uh, pretty much us and everybody else. Uh, as of right now, Chicago has a three-point lead on the Sharks for the race for celebrity. So we wanted to kind of talk about uh, this season so far and kind of look ahead for both these teams that they're both looking to try to grab uh, presumed number one pick Mac on Celebrini. And let's start, Jack, with uh, how do we get here for Chicago, right? Uh, you guys land Bedard. Um, of course, Bedard get, is... Uh, you know, fractured jaw and has missed the past couple of weeks. Uh, but this season has been a lot of ups and downs, right? So how do we get here? Yeah, it's actually kind of crazy that we've gotten to this point, JD, because the first few weeks of the regular season, the Blackhawks had an absolute gauntlet of a schedule because the NHL wanted to throw Connor Bedard uh, in all the big markets. They were on the road their first five games, Boston, Colorado, Toronto, you name all the big dogs, the Blackhawks played in their building and most of them were during their home openers. But I'll tell you what, in the early going, this Blackhawks team They showed some fight, and I want to say they were 4-6-1 through their first 11 games of the season. It was like, okay, we're going to see signs of progression this year. We're going to see this team compete a little bit more often. I don't think we're going to go and contend for the Stanley Cup playoffs or anything, but it felt like it was truly going to be a season where the light at the end of the tunnel was going to start to grow, and it was going to get Mm -hmm. bigger for everyone to see and to understand how uh, special the potential is for this group moving forward. But then it it felt like we just got in a massive train wreck and the injuries really just didn't stop. I mean, Andreas Athanasiu, Taylor Hall, he's out for the year. Seth Jones, who is by far the number one defenseman, uh, a veteran leader that this decor really needs to rely on. He missed almost a month. Um, Anthony Beauvillier still out. Tyler Johnson's missed some time. I mean, you name it, it feels like. Basically, every meaningful player for the Chicago Blackhawks has missed a significant chunk. And then, of course, Connor Bedard is now the latest to be out with a fractured jaw. He's closing in on uh, probably a little bit over a month now that he's been out. And ever since he's been um, missing, man, this Blackhawks team legit cannot score goals to save their lives, J.D. I mean, they have 11 goals total in their last 11 games. They've scored one or fewer in eight of their last 11 Uh, In three of their final four before the NHL All-Star break, they got shut out and they've matched uh, or actually set a new franchise record with 20 consecutive road losses. So it has been some tough sledding and I really didn't envision this season going this way because like I said, I I thought the Blackhawks got off to an encouraging start, but 
just unfortunately the injuries really derailed this team. And even head coach Luke Richardson has said he's never really seen anything like this. So uh, I don't mean to be that guy and to pull that card, but it, it really is just a result of like a series of unfortunate events that has put the Chicago Blackhawks in this place. But what about for, for San Jose? How, how did we, uh, how did they find themselves in a dogfight with the Chicago Blackhawks here at, at the bottom of the, of the standings? Was that always part of the plan or, or what, what kind of you think led to that for the Sharks? Much like you, the Sharks also have been dealing with a ton of injuries, right? Uh, Captain Logator missed basic over the first half of the season and just made his return uh, prior to the All-Star break. And, you know, guys like Mikhail Granlin kind of in and out of the lineup. Uh, you know, Duclair has been hurt. Like, you name it, basically. Even uh, Tomas Hurdle, uh, you know, he had a kidney stone in missed games. Like, Stuff like that, where it's just always guys kind of something happening. Um, and then, you know, so they're finally starting to kind of get healthy now. But uh, much like the Chicago with their scoring, uh, scoring woes, that happened to the Sharks at the beginning of the season. Uh, they started their season 0-10-1, if you remember. Uh, the kind of leading up to that is like, oh, is this the worst team that's ever been created? There was, you know, all that. Um, and they also, I think, you know, it took – they scored – they had one game where they scored three uh, against Carolina on October 7th. Uh, they didn't score three goals in a game uh, again until they beat Edmonton uh, in November 9th. So they basically went like a, a calendar month before scoring three goals in a game. But uh, a lot of shutouts in that time and stuff. But things have been turned around. They did have another 11-game losing streak uh, as well. But it has been uh, a lot of just poor hockey combined with the most games lost uh so far this year when it comes to man games lost so um yeah it part of the plan to be one of the the worst teams as the sharks are kind of continuing their rebuild but i don't think even mike i don't think anybody uh saw it being this bad for san jose so um I know both these teams have been kind of dealing with injuries. Uh, what do you think other than the injuries has kind of been at least the pot? Let's try to be some positive. What do you think kind of been the positive, one of the positive things for uh, Chicago this year? Yeah, what's weird, JD, is as bad as this year has been, there have been positives for the Chicago Blackhawks, almost more than there were last year, I feel like, oddly enough. I'll give you three real quick. Connor Bedard obviously has been the biggest yes. positive. He's um, hashtag good. Yeah, hashtag good. <laughs> it might be a, a hashtag understatement. Uh, yeah. Uh, 15 goals, 18 assists, 33 points in his first 39 games. The leading scorer, by far the best player on the Chicago Blackhawks at 18 years old. And boy, is he gosh darn impressive. And not only the offensive stuff, like his hockey IQ, uh, his defensive ability, his recognition out there. And I think he has shown signs of development, even though it was only a 39 game stretch there. It felt like he was continuously growing and adding to his arsenal. Mm -hmm. So that's undeniably a bright spot. I got to give Peter Morazic a ton of credit for, man, I don't even want to think about what this Blackhawks team would be without how good Peter Morazic has been in that. Unfortunately for him, he's not getting any support whatsoever offensively, but because of his solid play, he didn't earn himself a contract extension here in Chicago. And man, it would be, believe it or not, somehow even tougher to watch this Blackhawks team, if not for <laughs> Peter Morazic. And then Alex Vlasic, a young defenseman that the Blackhawks drafted in the second round way back in 2019, kind of broke onto the scene full-time. Of course, that's a name that San Jose Sharks fans and all your viewers out there will be uh, familiar mm -hmm. with. As he is the uh, cousin of long-time, yes. long-time staple defensive defenseman Mark Edward Vlasic. And looks like he could be uh, that kind of guy in the future for the Blackhawks as well. Uh, already, like, 
with Seth Jones out, he stepped into that number one defenseman role and really looked like he was comfortable doing it and was capable and not in over his head in a big body, six foot six with a long reach and really just plays a simplified game. But what's been the biggest improvement has been his puck possession, his skating, his playmaking. It's really, really taken uh, steps in the right direction. So yeah, even though this has been a, a really rough, rough first 50, 55 games to watch, there oddly have been broad, bright spots for the Blackhawks. What about for San Jose? Is, is that the same case? It's actually very similar as well, right? Uh, you mentioned the goaltending. We don't have a Connor Bedard, but uh, you know, you mentioned the goaltending. Uh, Capo Kakinen and Mackenzie Blackwood have both been a breath of fresh air, especially Capo Kakinen, who was one of the worst goaltenders last season. Um, he really has found his game this year and has been a big kind of contributor to. San Jose winning some of the games that they have won. And uh, if it wasn't for Capo Kakadin, this team and Blackwood, both of these guys would this this team would be even worse to watch. Um, Blackwood, who was, you know, kind of cast off by the the Devils. I think right now the Devils would love to have a guy like Mackenzie Blackwood yeah. in net for them with how much they've struggled in net. Um as for our young guys, William Eklund, or the seventh overall pick in the 2021 draft, his first full year in the NHL. And he has had some struggles, you know, consistently scoring, but this whole Sharks team has, has struggled <laughs> to score. I feel but that. But he's, you, yeah, you you can see why he's going to be such a special player. Once the Sharks get more talent around him there, he's going to have more, uh, you know, kind of better line mates and just more depth around him. You can see what's going to make Eklund so special. And, um, you know, on the defensive side, they've found some guys like Henry Thrun, who they acquired from the, the Ducks last year, um, who's, I think, really kind of solidified his game and is going to be a, a nice contributing piece for San Jose going forward. So, again, while there has been some uh, a lot of a lot of uh, dark moments for both these teams, you can at least point to some of these young guys and be like, okay, the future at least is going to be bright one day. So um, before we get into some guys whose futures may not be with the teams much longer, we're going to be talking about uh, which guys are going to be available for both teams at the trade deadline. I just need to take a quick break. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. EA Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guarantee Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. So keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. eBay guarantee fit only available to U.S. customers. All right, so both these teams have been uh, pretty bad. And you kind of feel like there's a chance for, at least I think for San Jose, to get worse here as we go into the trade deadline you, you mentioned uh you know like chicago has actually been kind of rewarding some of the guys you, you mentioned Morazic. i know dickinson got a contract extension so um i know last year we, we've seen the kind of chicago being very aggressive moving pieces have they kind of run out of pieces to to actually move at the trade deadline and this team might actually start to get a little bit better here right maybe especially as it looks like they're going to get healthier at some point in time, right? Like knock on wood that that actually happens. You know, I I do envision this Blackhawks team 
showing signs of progression. I mean, they can't really get much worse than what it is right now. But you're, you're right. They really don't have many potential pieces to move here at the trade deadline. And it's kind of uh, an interesting way for general manager Kyle Davidson to go about business. But the one thing I will say to any Blackhawks fans out there or any fans in general who's just like, mm-hmm. well, why'd they overpay for Peter Morazic? Why'd they overpay for Jason Dickinson? Why'd they overpay for Nick Polino? And they did, undoubtedly. One, the reason yep. is they absolutely can in their short-term deals. And Kyle Davidson is showing that this is still a very much long-term process. And throughout that process, though, you are going to need key veterans, key guys that can help these young guys fill in and and figure out what it takes to be NHLers. And you need those guys in the locker room. And at the same point in time, too, I think it sets a precedent to everyone in the locker room, even though things are going horrible. If you step Mm -hmm. up, you work hard every day and, you know, you fight hard out there on the ice, you're going to get rewarded for your performance. And I think there's something to be said about that as well. Now, uh, it, it is going to be a little weird for the first time in a couple of years. The Blackhawks aren't going to be selling off pieces, but I think another reason for that JD is because of all the draft picks that they've been able to accumulate the last couple of years, like they're already pretty set on first and second round selections the next two to three years. So they don't really need to be as desperate in that aspect as they have the last couple of seasons. So I don't even oh, know. Wow. If they're going- I just look- Pulled at their cap friendly. So they have two first rounds this year, three second rounders this year. Next year they have two firsts and two seconds. And then the following year they have a first and three seconds. So uh, they have all the draft capital in the world to do whatever they want. And if they want to uh, be aggressive soon and start acquiring young NHL talent, they're more than willing. They're in a great spot because they're going to, their cap space is clean and they got a bajillion draft picks. So do whatever they want. So this team is set up for, a lot of future success without having to do wow i just i did not realize how much ammo the blackhawks had acquired recently and that's that's because of that's just because of all the selling that's been going on the last couple years i mean Mm. you know alex to going um kirby doc going a ton of different types of pieces patrick kane max domi you name it if you had value on the blackhawks last couple years you probably got shipped out but yeah that's why they're kind of in this position to a spend some money on some guys like Jason Dickinson, Felino, and Peter yep. Morazic and not be as aggressive in that market. I do think one guy to maybe keep an eye on is Tyler Johnson, who's on the last year of his expiring contract. But other than him, man, it's really hard to see who else the Blackhawks could move. Like maybe they try to move Colin Blackwell if they don't see him part of the future next year but he's also someone who's kind of been making the most of his opportunity recently uh san jose sharks legend jacob magna maybe could get moved for a late round pick but at the same time they kind of need him on the back end right now because they're a little bit depleted so yeah you kind of uh hit the nail on the head there i don't envision the blackhawks being all that aggressive during the trade deadline this year and i do think that provides an opportunity for san jose to kind of come crawling back a little bit in the standings while the blackhawks are are more likely to start gaining points i would think what is uh what's kind of the outlook for san jose what are your plans thinking uh ahead right now as far as the trade deadline goes it's gonna be an interesting trade deadline for san jose because uh they have a lot of guys who are kind of like on the last year of their deal but their contracts maybe not the greatest situation um you know you go like a guy like mike hoffman who's you know a former 30 goal scorer but at 4.5 million dollars like that's that's a little bit of a tough ask um and the sharks they only have one retention uh slot left because of the eric carlson trades and the brent burns trade so they only have one slot left for the next uh two seasons so they have to be really kind of pick and choose their spots when you use this retention slot. So 
Um, guys who I think are realistically uh, going to, you know, actually garner offers. Uh, Anthony Duclair, uh, nice $3 million contract last year of his deal. We know he's a former 30-goal scorer. Has kind of had an up-and-down season with San Jose, but I think he could potentially uh, garner some interest as a team looks to try to add some scoring depth in their second line. Um, you have Mikel Granlin, who's having like an amazing year this year, but yeah. his contract, he's at uh, two years at five point uh, at $5 million. And I wonder if teams might be a little worried because he got traded last year to Pittsburgh and had a terrible season with almost yeah. uh, basically a, a buyout candidate uh, before he was traded in the, the Eric Carlson deal. Um, they have guys like Alexander Barabanov, who's got a nice, easy contract at two and a half million dollars. He's also a free agent. Um, and, you know, they have some other guys who are kind of like whatever type of guys, at least on the four department. Um, I think a, two big questions, though, are Mario Ferraro. Mario Ferraro is the yeah. 25-year-old defenseman, 3.25 million. Uh, it's got a couple years, but he could garner a lot of interest for his teams that are looking to add a good defensive player, uh, you know, good like fourth defenseman. If you look at a team like Toronto, who's been sniffing around every defenseman who's uh, got a pulse right now, um, <laughs> if you know he could be an interesting player, but at his age at 25, he could also still be part of the next Sharks kind of good Sharks team. And then Capo Kakinen, who I mentioned earlier, who's in the last year of his deal, uh, if a team is looking to to add some goaltending. But again, uh, it's so hard to find goaltending. And if he continues to play well, the Sharks just might want to keep him around because, again, the Sharks have had such terrible luck finding goaltending. So I do think San Jose is going to be very, very active uh, trying to kind of sell off anything that isn't bolted down. Um they don't have any big names like, like last year. We had the Timo Meyer deal, you know, you, and then the past off seasons, we've had Brent Burns and, and uh, Eric Carlson. And there is, you know, like, oh, maybe Tomas Hurdle and Logator. I don't see those guys moving right now in the middle of the season. Um, if one of those guys were to be traded, that feels very much more like an off season deal. Um, but there's been no indication from either player uh, who basically kind of both control their own rights um, that they want to leave San Jose. And I, I think both of them love San Jose and uh, both of them kind of see themselves kind of being the stewards towards the next great sharks team. So, um, but yeah, I think it's gonna be a very interesting and active uh, trade deadline for, for general manager, Mike Greer. Uh, the question is, are you just going to get a bunch of like mid round picks and try to some more dart throws type of, of situation. So, uh, but I do see this team getting actively worse while I, I do think the Blackhawks, there's a chance for them to at least start scoring points when Connor Bedard gets back. Right. And that's, that's <laughs> what we're all hoping for is, is can you score more than a goal a game? Uh, Cause yeah, watching that wild game. Uh, I watched that entire wild game and I don't know how, I don't know how you willingly did that. It was awful. <laughs> it started, it uh, yeah. started at 9 PM central time. Why? Why? That's six. That's six o'clock my time or, or seven o'clock my time, whatever it was. Yeah. That's like normal time for, uh, that's why the West Coast is the best coast, buddy. Uh, game starting at 4 p.m. on an afternoon and going ending at like 10.30 is the best. But uh, let's get into, though, kind of the big prize, Macklin Celebrini. So we'll talk about Celebrini, what he would mean for both these franchises, and we'll both kind of make our case on uh, why our franchise deserves it a little bit more than the other. And we know I'm going to easily <laughs> win this debate. So uh, we'll get to that here in just one second. We're driven by the search for better. So when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't a search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed's your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employees agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent survey. So join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show can get a $75 job sponsored uh, job credit uh, to get your jobs more visibility at indeed.com slash locked on. Just go to indeed.com slash locked on right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash locked on. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. And did you know that even if you have a 401k for retirement, you could still have an IRA? Robinhood has the only IRA that gives you a 3% boost on every dollar you contribute when you subscribe to Robinhood Gold. But get this, right now through April 30th, Robinhood is even boosting every single dollar you transfer in from other retirement accounts with a 3% match. That's right. No cap on the 3% match. Robinhood Gold gets you the most for your retirement thanks to their IRA with a 3% match. This current offer is good through April 30th, so go and get started at Robinhood.com slash boost. Subscription fees apply, and now for some legal info. Claim as of Q1 2024, validated by Radius Global Market Research. Investing does involve risk, including loss, and limitations apply to IRAs and 401ks. The 3% match requires Robinhood Gold for one year from the date of first 3% match. Must keep Robinhood IRA for five years. The 3% matching on transfers is subject to specific terms and conditions. Robinhood IRA available to U.S. customers in good standing. Robinhood Financial LLC is a registered broker dealer. All right, uh, Macklin celebrating the the bell of the ball. Uh, I don't know <laughs> if you started your draft coverage this season yet, but uh, the draft is very much Macklin celebrating, and then a lot of question marks. Yeah. Uh, we got spoiled the last couple of seasons with uh, last year. You had Bedard, you had Leo Carlson, Will Smith, you so many. You know Fantilli. Uh, next year's draft apparently is also insane, but this year it's celebrating, and then it's everyone else. So uh, both these teams uh, really could use a guy like Macklin celebrating in their rebuild. Uh, so I will start with you. If Chicago gets back on Celebrini, this is very much we've seen this movie before, right? Of them getting two like top end guys and then they go and win three cups. Is this the start of the is this the sequel trilogy? It, it feels like it could be. And I'll tell you what, if, if the Blackhawks do land Macklin Celebrini, there are going to be 31 other very, very angry fan bases out there. And I am going to be licking up those tears the entire time. Connor Bedard and Macklin Celebrini would be, <laughs> I mean, just a dream come true. And it's kind of crazy to think, you know, Jonathan Tays went number three. This would be two back-to-back number one overall selections and just would be a perfect dynamic duo moving forward that you could kind of throw up on the billboards all around Chicago. And everyone knows these are the guys that we're going to be hanging our hats on for the next, hopefully 10 to 15 years. And I haven't done a ton of draft coverage yet, but watching the world juniors, I mean, you had to go and watch Macklin to see what he was going to do. Right. And yeah, I completely agree. It's Macklin at number one and then two through nine. It really feels like it's a huge question mark and a huge toss up, but Undoubtedly, this kid is going to be the number one overall selection. What he's been doing uh, with Boston University so far at 17 years of age as a freshman is simply ridiculous. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm salivating at the mouth of the potential that the Blackhawks could end up with both of those two. But quite honestly, what was kind of funny, J.D., is all throughout last year during the the 
bad for Bedard, whatever you want to yeah. call it. I, I never got too ahead of myself because I, I didn't want to like think the chances were too good. I didn't want to get myself worked up for a potential disappointment. And I kind of yeah. feel the same way about Macklin Celebrini this year. I feel like it would almost be too good to be true for the Blackhawks to end up with both of them. Uh, you know, I'm obviously hoping that does wind up being the case, but man, it really feels like a dream type of situation for the Blackhawks and obviously would kickstart things, I think, to an even another gear. I've kind of talked about throughout the show how Kyle Davidson, Blackhawks general manager, has really emphasized a patient approach. I think it mm makes things a little bit tougher to be patient when you have those two guys, uh, Macklin, assuming he steps onto the NHL scene right away after being the number one overall selection. I think that, uh, uncontrollably kind of speeds things up with just the talent yeah. that those two have at a young age. So yeah, would be, uh, obviously a dream come true for Chicago after getting Bedard last year. Not, I know not a dream come true for a lot of other fan bases, but talk to me about what it would mean to San Jose, obviously, um, you told me before recording that there's a little bit of a tie for his, his family there's out on the West so, Coast that you're pulling for. So let me hear. Let there's me hear the so many ties. Uh, we know, we know that it was rigged last year. It is time for. <laughs> I've seen what Batman has done for other franchises, and I want it to happen to me. Uh, there's the storylines are too good, right? Uh, his dad uh, works for the Golden State Warriors, literally right up the road. Uh, he was a former Junior Shark, spent a year playing with the Junior Sharks organization. Uh, he's playing at Boston University. Uh, head coach David Quinn and general manager Mike Greer. Guess what school they went to, Jack? They went to Boston University. Uh, <laughs> Like it, it makes two it, it. The Sharks have also they've never had the number one pick in their whole uh, franchise's history. They've they've gotten second pick uh, a couple times. Uh, like it just makes too much sense. And the Sharks have been bad for a while. Uh, you know we've we've especially after the their Western Conference final runs. It's been a long, kind of four or five years now of trying to kind of dig themselves out of the, uh, this credit card debt of trying to win uh, a Stanley Cup. And right? every team has to pay that that debt at some point. And the Sharks have been paying their debt, uh, trying to work out some of these bad contracts, uh, moving on from players. And I think it would just energize this, this fan base, right? And Sharks fans got really excited about Bedard last year, myself included, um, kind of dreaming it out, you know, wearing somebody's seat, wearing 98 and teal, uh, what it would look like. And, you know, I think for for San Jose, you know, they they've done a lot of stuff. They have a lot of like really good pieces, right? You have Will Smith, who's been tearing it up at Boston College, and I've watched a lot of Boston College versus Boston University, and you can see like, man, these guys are great. It would be great if they're both teammates at some point. I, I think for San Jose, this would kind of be that turning point in their the rebuild, where you can start, like you said earlier, you you see the light at the end of the tunnel start to get bigger right and if you have will smith and macklin celebrini both stepping on the ice together next year and then you have william Eklund, and then you still have guys like tomas hurdle and logan Gator to kind of help them lead the way so you're not having just a bunch of children out there running around trying to figure things out you can kind of see like san jose has done a lot of things right and they're i think it's it's all ping pong balls and lottery but you can feel like they would be very much deserving of getting a, a guy like Celebrini who can, again, help for a, a team that's been struggling to get seats in, or butts in the seat right now, especially since COVID. Um, Celebrini can bring some energy back to San Jose hockey and a, a very passionate fan base that, that needs uh, is 
very much in need of a star, especially after Joe Thornton retired, you know, Patrick Marlowe, like those, those heydays are, or those days are long gone. And I got like celebrating where you can throw up on the billboard with him and Eklund and Will Smith. And that's, that's your new core. That's your new fun core going forward. So uh, we all know that it's probably going to be a team like Ottawa who wins the draft now, <laughs> just the most uh, random team. <laughs> I'll tell you what, JD, but, you make, you make a good case there. And uh, I will be rooting if it's not the Blackhawks. I really do hope Macklin Celebrini goes there for a couple different reasons. One, the Anaheim Ducks do not need any more prospects. They have enough. So they have so many, the Sharks over the Ducks, any, <laughs> day i'm in complete agreement with that and i'll tell you what i watched the world juniors pretty in-depthly and boy will smith is a stud my guy uh that would be a very awesome dynamic duo for the sharks to have moving forward and i I did not to kind of switch gears here real quick i had one interesting question that i did want to ask you before we stopped recording number four on the number four on the board last year were you wanting it to be will smith or were you wanting to go matve michkov what were your thoughts at the number four spot last year I, really I was Mitchkoff. I was 100% Mitchkoff. Not that, like, again, I've made this a point on this podcast a million times, right? I, if I was general manager of my career, I would have uh, picked Mitchkoff because I think, again, uh, I'm a very much shoot for the upside type of, of guy when it comes to the draft because, uh, not that I think Will Smith's going to be a bad player. I think Will Smith's going to be an amazing player, oh, yeah. but Mitchkoff, Mitchkoff, though, definitely has that boomer bust where he is going to be either like you step in and he's going to be a 100 point player. Or he may never make it. So I would have picked Mitchkoff, but I'm very happy with Will Smith. I understand you. There's a connection between Greer and Will Smith. Um, their Greer knows Will Smith's family. I think he Greer likes the boss or the college route. I think he he thinks that players kind of develop a little bit better in the college route. And I think Will Smith's going to be amazing. A lot of Sharks fans are kind of disappointed, especially because you you look at the top three picks, right? Um, Fantilli, Carlson, and Bedard. Um, all those franchises are kind of getting a C, a, a taste of it. And we're still just kind of waiting for, we're waiting because, you know, of, of, of Smith's uh, going to college. So uh, we're, we're kind of stuck waiting to see what happens with Smith. I think Smith's going to be an amazing player. Um, and I think he's, if, if you have Smith, Celebrini, Eklund, and then Quentin Musty, who the Sharks got at the end of the yeah. first round last year. Uh, Quentin Musty looks like an absolute monster. Uh, the Sharks are, I think the Sharks, better days are ahead for, for San Jose. So uh, better days are ahead for, for Chicago. And hopefully we can have uh, have some fun again, uh, you know, in, in the future. And as long as Vegas. Yeah, I'm thinking thinking a few years down the road, we can have another good 2010 Western Conference final type of battle once these two teams figure it out a little bit more, J.D. That'll be that'll be fun. I'll meet you there, buddy. Uh, Jack, you've said it all. Uh, Where can the people find you, buddy? Yeah, absolutely. You can go and find the show Lockdown Blackhawks for free wherever you may listen to your podcast. If you want to check out the page's account on social media, you can find it at capital L, capital O, underscore Blackhawks on X. As for my personal, you can find me at Jack Bushman, too. Uh, you can, of course, find Locked on Sharks wherever you get podcasts and on, on YouTube as well. Uh, you can follow the show on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Locked on Sharks. You can follow me on Twitter at my Until next time, friends.